0: Hello, everybody. Who gets to name continents? That's a great question. And we answer that on March twenty second, 2016. I think this was a Josh pick, a really interesting topic. Because, heck, I didn't know who gets to name continents, and now I do. And if you haven't listened to this one, give it a listen now. It's a very, very cool episode. Who gets to name continents? Welcome to Stuff You Should Know, a production of iHeartRadio's How Stuff Works.
1: Hey, and welcome to the podcast. I'm Josh Clark. There's Charles W. Chuck Bryant and Jerry's over there. So this is Stuff You Should Know,
0: geography. We are in North America. That's right, Chuck. According to some. Yeah. Actually, according to everybody.
1: No, not everybody. Oh, yeah? Yeah, we'll get to it. Okay, we don't want to spoil like basically the fact of the podcast. <laughs> oh, right, already. Uh, w- this is, as I said, about geography, and if uh, this kind of thing floats your boat, I strongly suggest you go look at how maps work or read or listen to that episode. Yeah, it was a good one. It was. Remember, we found that like people, other people see the world, the map upside down. Sure, you know. Yeah, it all depends on how you look at it. Agreed. And that actually kind of comes into play not just with how you look at a map and say, oh, I'm on top and you're on bottom, so therefore you must be developing. Right. Um, Naming continents is a uh, kind of a – well, we humans are kind of big on names, I guess. Yeah. Agreed. We're big on location. Sure. We're big on – Identifying with where we're from, with where we live, that kind of stuff.
0: Yeah, it's that whole in-group, out-group <laughs> BS, you know? Yeah, and uh, boy, I have to say, for a short-ish podcast, which this is going to be, it's not going to be our longest one. Now let's take an ad break. Uh, <laughs> no, not yet. Uh, I hazard to say that I learned more in this than ten Barbie podcasts than, than ten Barbie podcasts. Actually, that's not true. I learned a lot in that yeah, one, too. I love that one. But this is just loaded with interesting stuff because I am not the biggest geography buff for someone who is a math or a maps buff. Yeah. Well, you like maps record.
1: for their artistry, right?
0: Yeah. And I just ordered a, a great new map. Um, I wish I could remember the guy's name, but it was uh, I read an article on this super detailed, awesome map of the United States that uh-huh. this guy spent years and years. Right. Uh, Drawing Plotting and the Arby's all over the country? Not an Arby's map. That would be great, though. Uh, although you can just follow your nose. You don't really need... It always knows. Yeah, just like smell the horsey sauce. I love
1: that stuff. Although the yeah. Arby's sauce is by far the superior of the two. Well, I think you got to mix them. That's the key. Not always. I'm more of a beef and cheddar, cheddar mix yeah. with the Arby's sauce. It's delicious. Than the horsey sauce. Although uh,
0: I'm okay with horsey sauce sometimes. I haven't had Arby's in forever. Oh yeah, it's I like it's it. delicious. That I have a fairly disgusting frequently. roast beef sandwich is so good. Right? Yeah. All right. Uh, anyway, I ordered this amazing map, and um, it h- hasn't arrived. I can't wait for it to get here, though. It's going to actually. I'm going to frame this one. I think.
1: Okay. You don't have all your maps
0: framed. No. You need like
1: a huge, huge wing of your house and just have every map you have framed on the wall. I should. And be like, I'm starting to see a pattern here.
0: That would mean I have a huge room to my house all to myself. And that's not true. Uh Uh-uh. Unfortunately.
1: You know how to swing a hammer, don't you?
0: Yeah, just build another room. (laughs) Chuck room. Uh, I wish, my friend.
1: So, Chuck, we were talking about um, continents and their names and all that stuff, right? Yes. It, It turns out that when you think about the continents' names, some of them seem kind of ho-hum or whatever, but there's actually some really great stories behind these things. Agreed. Um, And we should probably start at the very beginning, way back, way, way back. In 1948. Even further back than that. (laughs) 1926. 200 million years ago. Oh. If you looked at the planet Earth, you would have seen that there weren't a bunch of different continents, that there was actually one huge continent That wore a headband and had enormous, like, forearms. Yeah. Named Pangaea.
0: Yeah. What a stud that continent was. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) And there was one ocean, uh, and the name of that ocean was Panthalassa. Yeah. It wasn't all divided up. It was just one big chunk of land and surrounded by one massive ocean. Right, and then as we'll see later, this this is a prominent theory, by the way. Right. Okay.
1: We don't... Like, no one was around back then, 200 yeah. million years ago, and be like, note to 2016. Right. This is the way things are <laughs> land-wise around here. Yeah. Um, no, and the, this this theory actually was... Uh, we've talked about it before. It had to have been in the earthquakes episode. This guy was awesome. Alfred Wegener. Yeah. Uh, back in, I think, 1915, he published his theory on continental drift.
0: Yeah, it's pretty amazing. Um, the theory... Well, there's some reasons behind it, but the theory is that you know the Earth is made up these big plates. If you listen to our volcanoes or earthquake episodes, we mm-hmm. talk a lot about that. And over time, these things cracked apart and shifted and drifted, uh, and we now have many continents.
1: Right, but that's not what people thought for a no. very long time. Like they I guess they just took for granted that the continents were the way they were. But Alfred Wegener, um, first of all, he noticed on a map like. Wow! It looks like you could really tuck Africa, uh, mm-hmm. East or West Africa, into the eastern part of South America, really nicely.
0: Yeah, and in fact, the more I look at it. The whole thing looks like a puzzle that kind of fits together. Yeah, if you're if you have a brain. So that's where he got his idea
1: first, and then he started setting about proving it or supporting, uh, coming up with evidence. How about
0: that? Yeah, that's good.
1: And um, one of the things he looked at was coal seams along uh, edges of these puzzle pieces, and found that they uh, were composed of basically the same stuff.
0: Yeah, like coal in Pennsylvania deposits in Pennsylvania were similar or the same to those in Poland and Germany and Great Britain. Yeah, which shouldn't
1: happen because what coal is is basically compressed former organisms. Yeah. Decaying matter, right? Yeah. And so you would think that these different organisms would have evolved differently on different continents if they weren't together. And the fact that they were the same and decomposed in about the same amounts suggests that They were all part of the same landmass at one point. Pretty neat. And then he also found fossils on different continents that really shouldn't have been
0: the same. Yeah, he saw plant fossils and said, wait a minute. I'm finding this stuff in in places that are wildly different from one another, these fossils. So maybe, again, that lends to my theory. Uh, Or how about this mountain range? The Appalachian Mountains, very similar to the Atlas Mountains of Morocco... Maybe it was all one big mountainous mass at one point.
1: And it turns out they probably were. That's right.
0: What was the name of that mountain range that uh, the Appalachians were part of? The Central Pangaea Mountains, uh, which apparently formed through the collision of the supercontinents of Gondwana and uh, La Russia.
1: Yeah, because and we're we're also, um, in addition to this How Stuff Works article, you found a great article by Tia Ghosts, who writes for Live Science and writes some pretty great stuff. Yeah, this is really good. And Gose, um it basically just broke it all out, like how Pangaea formed, what Pangea broke into. It's a really interesting article.
0: Yeah, and concise. I like articles. That, it's not fluff, you know? Right. It's just like packed with
1: facts. Yeah. Get to it right at the beginning, okay? I love it. And don't let
0: up. Don't stop till you have <laughs> enough. So uh, in the article, they talk about the, uh, the process that spanned a few hundred million years uh, with a continent called Laurentia, it's a great continent name. Part of which includes part of North America and some other microcontinents that formed eventually. Your America, that's not bad. <laughs> it sounds like a craftwork a album. Oh, it does totally. Your uh, America crashes into Gondwana, which I mentioned before. Uh, I which like was, Gondwana too. I, I'm just going to come out and say it. These I are like great these, names.
1: these pre-current continent continent
0: names. Pre-white dude names, right? I guess so, but I think they were named by white dudes, probably. Yeah, okay. More creative white dudes. Uh, and uh, Gondwana included Africa, Australia, South America, and uh, Indian subcontinent.
1: Yeah. So, like, all of these... It's so hilarious that all of these um, th- these ideas of nationalism and all this... Man, if you'd just gone back a few hundred million years ago... It used to be one. You'd, you'd be neighbors. Yep. Let's all just lighten up, shall exactly. we? Exactly. And that's actually a thing that we, we talked about in the maps episode, too, is, like, when you draw a map... You are, you are making a political statement. It's just, there's such a sense of otherness and togetherness based on geographical distribution. Yeah. That it's, it uh, it's, it's interesting. It says a lot about the human psyche.
0: Yeah, we should do a podcast one day on the human family tree. <laughs> yeah, we should. Super interesting. Yeah. Uh, so getting back to the supercontinent, uh, a couple of hundred million years ago, uh, Gondwana uh, split off from Laurasia.
1: Mhm that's a good one too.
0: 50 million years later, uh, Gondwana broke up, uh, and then <laughs> they've had <enough. laughs> 60 million years ago, North America split off from Eurasia. And these are all the prominent theories again.
1: Yeah. Well, they follow the the continental drift theory. Yeah. And I mean, it's not like they're just like, we'll mm, say, we'll say the Indian subcontinent broke off sure. from this continent. It's like, no, they they have gone through and done the the geological comparisons yeah. and have seen like when this basically matched up to that and that's what they've come up with. It's pretty astounding that you it can is. do that if you have that enough patience.
0: Yeah, and brains. yeah. Uh, so interestingly, they talked a little bit in the article about a climate and what it might have been like back then and maybe the interior of this large supercontinent was completely dry because it was surrounded by mountains. Uh, maybe parts of what is now North America used to be like the Amazon rainforest. Like a super lush jungle, right? It would be kind of cool,
1: yeah. But if you, once you got into the interior, when you crossed the what was it the central um, the central Pangaea mountains, yeah, like you were just you apparently there was a ring of mountains that that ran around the middle of the whole Pangaea in the interior, and um, it just produced rain shadows that kept rain out from the interior of the continent. Yeah, so it would have just been a, just a totally arid desert. Pretty cool. It is cool.
0: Uh, and, of course, this isn't over. Uh, they point out in the article that things are still changing. Um, Australia <laughs> is, is creeping up on Asia. Yeah. Very slowly, of course. Yeah, pretty cool. And uh, Parsh, uh, part of Eastern Africa is is trying to get out of the rest of Africa.
1: Yeah, Eastern Africa is saying, so long, I'm uh, I'm going off on my own. I'm going to seek my own fortune and adventure.
0: Of course, this is over the course of hundreds of millions of years. So
1: You will likely not be around unless the singularity happens soon. Yeah, exactly. Then you may. And you can be like, this is pretty cool. The people of Sydney will have a docking party with the people of Hong Kong.
0: I love that. Uh, So you want to take a little break here? Then we'll talk a little bit about these names.
1: So, Chuck, that is the theory of continental drift. And the whole idea is that um, there's a layer of magma. Yeah. And then on top of it are the continental plates, and they're constantly shifting and moving, again, albeit very slowly. And when they do, they expose a fissure, and poof, you've got volcanic activity. Yeah. Or two plates slide up against one another, or one subducts below the other one. Yeah. And you have uh, earthquakes. So, there's a lot of evidence that continental drift is real. And that things like hollow Earth are probably not correct. <laughs> probably. Every, have you noticed every time we do any kind of geography, especially when we mention plate tectonics, the the hollow Earth people come out of the woodwork and just send us emails and leave comments. And yeah, man, they're they're uh, they're they're like the high fructose corn syrup people. <laughs> they're like really active in the comment section.
0: Yeah, Fro- Frodo and the gang. <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, that's Middle Earth. <laughs> right. Different. Uh, In Pangaea, we should mention, is uh, Greek for all lands or all earth. So that's a great name for the original supercontinent.
1: Right, and Panthalassa is all ocean, the ocean that surrounded it. And Pangaea was what's considered a true continent. And we should say this because it'll come up later, but a true continent is a landmass surrounded by ocean on all
0: sides. I'm looking at you, Asia, and Europe. I know. You know? I know. In fact, part of... uh, Actually, I think you sent this idea, didn't you? Yeah. What? The the whole idea for the show was from you, but not too long ago, I was, I think Emily asked me, she was like, what is Russia? Is that part of, is it Asian or is it European? And I was like, well, I don't know. Asia. Let's go look. Well, it depends. Part of it. Really? Well, yeah. Part of it, and same with Turkey, it's, it's split and, uh, you know... Some people identify with Europe, some people identify with Asia. Wow. That's why the term Eurasia.
1: Well, no, I got that, and I got it it. from this article, but I didn't know that, like, Russia itself was split, you know? Yeah, that's what it says. Huh. Like, I could see, like, um, uh, Kazakhstan or something being, like, straddling the sides, but I didn't realize, like, Russia itself was split some. That's pretty interesting.
0: Yeah. Maybe some Russians will write in. Tell us how you identify.
1: Yeah. Are you Eurasian? Asian, European? Which one?
0: Yeah, because uh obviously a lot of these lines are drawn culturally. Um Right, because they're mountain
1: ranges that that separate it. Yeah, that, that's not a I mean it's a geographical border, but it, it not when you're speaking in continents, it's not. <laughs> Incontinents? Right. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Should we tell them Jerry's bad joke? Yes. Before we started, Jerry said, I guess we're technically all incontinent. And I said, no, technically we're all on continent. And then she said, or within continent. And none of the three things that we said were funny. <laughs> but that's, that's how things happen before we hit record. <laughs> yeah, that's why we don't release this stuff beforehand. It's usually much better than that. So let's get
1: down to this, Chuck. Let's, all right. Let's talk about naming continents, right? All right. Apparently with continents, if you are prominently involved with its discovery... You typically get some sort of naming rights.
0: Yeah, and a lot of these are very, uh, just conjecture goes into maybe who named these and who didn't. Um, One big exception is Antarctica. Right. Because it's new-ish. It's like Pluto. Yeah, as far as when people discovered it. uh, In fact, you can go to the New York Times and read in uh, 1904 about the naming of Antarctica. Yeah. If you were so inclined to be bored to tears. No, I love those old articles.
1: I like a lot of them too. Like remember the subway accident where people got shot out of the subway tunnel that was being dug? (laughs) Yeah. That was an interesting article. This one is, it's bad. Oh, did you read it? No, just the synopsis. Okay.
0: (laughs) Well, a man named Sir John Murray uh, was a great explorer and oceanographer. Uh, He was part of the famous HMS Challenger expedition which for my money is the greatest of all ocean going uh explorations the challenger yeah man sixty-nine thousand nautical miles wow unbelievable if you look at the map of the the, this thing of the route it was just it's staggering do you have a map of it i don't own one but i looked it up today okay it's pretty neat and i never knew what hms stood for did you know that her majesty's ship yeah i never knew that yeah Oh,
1: it's just like yeah, HMS. The uh, there's another one that I don't like, RMS. No, I don't know. And uh, what is the USS? Just
0: United States ship? I don't know. I never thought about that either. Probably. Probably. Someone from the Navy can maybe point us in the right direction. <laughs> right. So uh, anyway, John Murray. Even though the expedition, uh, the Challenger expedition, did not, they kind of buzzed Antarctica. Uh, they didn't actually see the land, but they came close. But he would later go on to uh, do, like, actually go to Antarctica. Oh, okay. I was going to say, like, then how did he? Yeah. Know anything about it? I guess his interest was piqued. He saw icebergs and stuff. And he's gotcha. Like, I'm coming back. Yeah. because um, this place is cold. He's com- I'm coming for you, Taro and Jiro. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so in 1904, um, he actually was able to name it uh, as a combination of ant, opposite, and Arctic, the North Pole. So this opposite of the North Pole. AKA the South Pole.
1: Pretty neat. And which one has penguins and so the Antarctica has penguins and the North Pole doesn't. Isn't that right? I don't remember. But that's like that's the case, right? Doesn't one have one and the other one doesn't?
0: I I know we got a lot of emails. <laughs> we did. Uh, I don't
1: know why I'm doing this again. I know. I might as well just hook a car battery up to my nipples or something. <laughs> It'll get the same effect. <laughs> I got you on that one.
0: Yeah, that was good. <laughs> <laughs> um so let's talk about America, because oh, the, I just
1: realized something, Chuck. This may be played in um, geography classes in like middle school and stuff. So, if that's the case, I want to go ahead and apologize to all the middle <laughs> schoolers who just had to hear me say that. That's okay,
0: and don't don't try that at home. Bad idea. <laughs> no, it doesn't matter what grade you're in yeah. or how how long out of school you are. Agreed. Uh, so, America, the name America. If you. Went to, took civics class or geography in elementary school and Mm -hmm. high school. You probably got the story that Amerigo Vespucci was, uh, it it was named after him, European explorer.
1: Yeah, that guy has been slandered, maligned, maybe worse than Columbus even. Yeah. Uh, Apparently, he had a lot of rivals back in Italy and um, they worked very hard to sully his name, and it was quite effective over the centuries to the point where there was a, a big, almost a, a revival in, in uh, hatred for Amerigo Vespucci. Interesting. And a lot of really um, uh, in, inaccurate ideas were, were revived based on propaganda, contemporary propaganda against him.
0: So, so what's the idea, that he
1: ripped off Columbus well that's not it, it depends on your definition of ripped off. Okay. So I don't have the impression that he ever said I discovered America. He said Columbus discovered America, but the distinction between Vespucci and Columbus is that Columbus didn't realize sure. that he hadn't hit already dis, that he hadn't hit undiscovered or previously undiscovered by European land. Right. Right? He thought that he had just found another route to the West Indies, apparently until he died. Yeah. Vespucci was the one to say, no European's ever seen this before. <laughs> I, please. That was great. No, it wasn't. I like it. Um, and so he is the one who supposedly this continent was named after because he was the one to recognize it as previously uncharted Uh, land.
0: Yeah, and it's on record um, in 1507, a cartographer, a German cartographer named Martin Waldseemühle. Our two favorite uh, accents. Yeah, Italian and German. yeah, Two of the only two you can still do these days (laughs) and not get taken to death for. Sure. Uh, He very famously made a map that was a big effort in France uh, in the 1500s to really bring... Uh, the, the the modern map into the forefront, and like these old maps, like these were made by a bunch of dummies who didn't know anything. So let's really expand our geographic knowledge. Well, this.
1: yeah, this is when like Mercator started working. Yeah, yeah. so
0: this this woodcut map that Volzemueller um, made <laughs> uh, was the first to depict a separate Western Hemisphere, the first to show the Pacific Ocean as a separate thing.
1: Oh, this guy, he was
0: he's like, get that sea monster off of there. Uh, I'd leave a sea monster. Okay, just for fun, but he—it's um, an Easter egg. There, yeah. There was one of these maps. There is one of these maps still uh, existing, and in 2003, the Library of Congress bought it with a donation from Discovery Channel. Oh, is that right? Apparently, nice for 10 million bucks. It was in a castle for 350 years in southern Germany, and they're like, "Wow, let's buy it and display it." I read about a guy
1: um, who uh, found a, an original copy of the Declaration of Independence folded up behind a painting that he bought at a yard sale for I like $4. That. Amazing. And I think he sold it for like a few million, and then Norman Mailer bought it for like $8 million. Wow. But, yeah, somebody just found the, the Declaration of Independence, yeah. I guess in
0: much the same way. That's amazing. Yeah. I got nothing in my attic. I even looked. Oh, you did look? I was oh, going to sure. say,
1: you don't know, but I guess you do.
0: That's some old doors. Doors can be worth 30, 40 bucks. (laughs) Yeah, the door from the (laughs) early 1930s. Yeah. People love those things. They go crazy for them. I think it's neat, but, you know, I wanted like a stash of gold bullion or something.
1: Like Prohibition-era money.
0: Yeah, my house isn't old enough. When was your house built? Yeah, like 1930. Prohibition. Yeah, I guess so. Maybe some old booze.
1: Some old moonshine. Right.
0: That'd be delicious.
1: So um, the 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 reason this map is significant by,
0: Bolzamula uh,
1: is that it it says America, like North South America, are designated America. Yeah. By this map, and this this map that is in question was from f- when was it?
0: Fifteen oh seven. Fifteen
1: oh seven, and um, somebody said, "Hey, buddy, um, why'd you call it America?" And he said, "I did it in honor of Amerigo Vespucci." Sure. So the first guy who really uses the word America is on record apparently as saying he named it America after Amerigo Vespucci. Yeah. But a lot of people said that's a lie. It's a historical fallacy. It's inaccurate. Right. One guy went so far as to say that Amerigo Vespucci actually changed his name after America was named. And that his real name was um, uh, Giovanni Vespucci? No. Uh, Alberigo Vespucci. Oh. And okay. that he changed his name to Amerigo from Alberigo. To conveniently align
0: with the naming of America.
1: Right. Um but apparently and this is this again, this is contemporary stuff. People said, You you changed your name, you big liar. Right. Um And then in, like, the 1970s, I think some historian revived it, and, like, that was the idea. But somebody else went back and apparently found his baptismal certificate that lists him as Amerigo Vespucci. The thing is, is that still doesn't mean that America was named after Vespucci, Chuck. True. There is a long um, tradition... Among cartographers that had already been established by the time America was discovered, to name new lands, if you were naming it after an explorer, Mm -hmm. you named it after the explorer's last name. Oh. If you wanted to name it after royalty, you named it after the royalty's first name. So think about it Georgia. Yeah, yeah. um, uh, uh, Virginia. Yeah. um, And then Columbus. Sure. Or Hudson. Yeah. Like, the explorer's last name or royalty's first name is how you named things. So they would have named America Vespucci Land. The United States of Vespucci. Exactly, rather than America.
0: Yeah, that'd be great.
1: But if it's not named after Vespucci, then where did America come from?
0: Well, there are some theories. Uh, one is that it was named after the Amerique, Amerique, uh, Amerique. <laughs> Amer- <laughs> it's a Mayan word, actually. Yes, mountains in Nicaragua. And um, This is where my money goes. You think so? Uh-huh. So um, people think that Columbus and Vespucci both went to these mountains after uh, American natives said, hey, there's gold in them dar hills. All right. Which, of course, is really all they wanted anyway. Well, that's not true. They wanted to discover new lands, but hopefully new lands with gold. Right. And people you could subjugate. Exactly. Um, so that they went there, and then it was named after those mountains.
1: Yeah. Not bad. And and did you say both Columbus and Vespucci supposedly traveled to these mountains? Yeah, because they wanted the gold. Right. So that's a pretty good reason to call it that. And um, when you combine that with the evidence that a cartographer likely would have named it Vespucci Land rather than America after Amerigo, um, it's entirely possible that America is actually named after an indigenous Mayan word. For some mountains, I think it means place of wind in Mayan.
0: Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Another theory, and this one I I don't think is very, uh, I don't think it holds water, but uh, there was a British royal rep named Richard Amerike, uh, A-M-E-R-I-K-E, and supposedly uh, explorer John Cabot became the first, well, this isn't supposed, in 1497 he definitely became the first to sail under the British flag to the New World, And apparently when he got back, he got a big uh, wad of cash from Amaric, and he was like, hey, I'm going to name the country and continent after you then. But there's really nothing to substantiate that, right?
1: No. And then Cabot retired to make some pretty decent butter. Oh, yeah. Is that him? I think so. Okay. Surely it's him still. Maybe. And he's several hundred years old. (laughs) Do you want to take a break again?
0: Yeah, let's break, and then we'll uh, talk about our favorite continent, Australia.
1: So Chuck, you were uh telling everybody our favorite continent is Australia. Yeah.
0: That's what Lex Luthor, Gene Hackman is Lex Luthor wanted in Superman.
1: He wanted Australia?
0: Yeah. To his own? Or Superman two. Um yeah, the, I remember the when Electric the, the three uh the three uh Terence uh Terrence uh stamp, stamp. and the gang yeah. came down and he and Lex Luthor was working in cahoots with them and they were like, Well, what do you want in return right. for delivering Superman? He said, Australia.
1: I don't remember that. Yeah. Man, Gene Hackman was great. I saw this the beginning of a movie with Robin Williams and Walter Matthau. Robin Williams was like a baby at the time. But like they foil a, a, a robbery and like become heroes. I think and then they, they Yeah, they go to like a, a survivalist camp or something. Yeah. I think it is uh, it called Survivors? I think. So, I saw like the first 10 minutes. I totally of it. know the movie, but I was like, Man, there's no one, no one on the planet like Walter Matthau No, man. Like, he was, like, the he best. was awesome. And then I was like, God, I just can't imagine Robin Williams and Walter Matthau working together. And then didn't they do like Moscow on the Hudson, too? Yeah. Wasn't that one? And well, then I he went on. I don't
0: think uh, Matthau was in that one. Oh, he wasn't? I thought he was. Oh, uh, maybe he was. I, I could be wrong because I never saw it. Those early Robin Williams movies were great, World they According were. to Garp. I never saw that one. Oh, so good! But that was by the
1: guy who did Cider House Rules, right? Yeah, John, John Irving. Irving. Yeah, he was pretty great. Oh yeah. Um, but then it made me think about Couch Trip. You remember that movie with Dan uh, Aykroyd and Walter Matthau? I didn't see it. Was it good? Yes, it was so good. I'm I I haven't seen it in decades, but I guarantee it still holds up. I yeah. mean, it's Matthau and Aykroyd. Yeah. One's like a con man pretending to be crazy, and the other one actually is crazy, who is is the only person who can sense that this guy's a con man.
0: You know, I've never been the hugest... Oh, no, I'm
1: sorry. He's a con man pretending to not be crazy.
0: Oh, okay. Well, that makes more sense. It's great. Uh, I've never been the hugest Dan Aykroyd guy.
1: Uh, He definitely is... Dan Aykroyd, Dan Aykroyd in this thing. I don't dislike him. But Walter Matthau is providing a nice slow-burning distraction over here. If you don't like Dan Aykroyd, you'll still like Couch Trip.
0: Yeah, and boy, the odd couple. Matthau and Lemon. I don't know if I ever saw that original one. So good. All right. That's called Movie Sidebar with Josh and Chuck. And it started with Gene Hackman. We didn't even talk about him. Oh, oh, I love Gene Hackman. He needs to unretire, is what I'm saying. Seriously, like go make another movie. Yeah, your swan song. That's yeah. what I say. All right, we own you, Gene Hackman. <laughs> Australia, which is what Gene Hackman is Lex Luthor wanted. Um, it uh, is a bit of a mystery too. Most people will point to Matthew Flinders in 1802 as the namer because he was the first to circumnavigate it and create that map and australis means southern so it all makes sense right yeah back
1: back in the day um the cartographers were already aware of australia before matthew flinders circumnavigated it but they called it the uh, terra australis which is the southern land matthew flinders is like i like the sound of australia more it's more pleasing to the ear apparently is how it was put all right um the thing is is and for a very long time, that's how Australia was named, as far as anyone was concerned. But then Australia's National Library discovered an, a way older map from before 1802, from 1545.
0: Yeah, from a German astronomer named uh, Syriaco Jakob Zumbarth. That's a great name.
1: Great name. Not at all German, if you ask me, except for the Jakob thing.
0: Uh, Zumbarth is, but that Syriaco definitely doesn't look German. No. Uh, But, yeah, 1545, that's, like, way, way before.
1: Yeah, and apparently there's maps that are even slightly older than that around, and one of them might have been produced by Mercator himself, uh, that also refer to the area around Australia as Australia something. So not everyone was referring to it exclusively as the Terra Australis. Okay. But it's, pro- it's probable that the Syriaco Jakob Zumbarth is the one <laughs> who first labeled it Australia.
0: All right. We should do a podcast on the history of Australia. Sure. Super interesting.
1: Starring Hugh Jackman for the World War II part.
0: <laughs> By the way, when I mentioned Hugh Jackman is P.T. Barnum, Okay, he is in fact playing P.T. Barnum in an upcoming musical version of a movie, but
1: right, right. I, was, uh,
0: I either didn't know or I subliminally knew. But I didn't overtly know.
1: I thought later on, after I found that out, that you'd just been messing with me the whole episode. Well, I I apologize for assuming that.
0: (laughs) That's all right. I either didn't know or maybe I had read that and just forgot or something. Because you said it like three
1: times. I
0: know. Or maybe I should get into casting.
1: If you didn't know, then hats off to you because that was prescient. Uh,
0: So now let's move on to other Oh, Did you see some
1: of the suggestions we got, though?
0: Oh, for P.T. Barnum?
1: Yeah, I think the, my favorite one was John C. Riley. He, he'd be yeah. an odd John C. or he'd be an odd P.T. Barnum, but he, he could totally do it.
0: Yeah, I saw one. Uh, someone said uh, Tom Hardy, who, like, he'd be great in anything, but sure. he's in everything right. right now.
1: He's so hot right now. And
0: then someone sent Colm Meaney, who was sort of like the. Uh, that name's, like, I know the name. Who is it, though? He's like the English John C. Riley. He sort of looks like him.
1: He's older, though, right?
0: Or he may be Irish. Yeah, um, he's Irish. Yeah, he's a little older.
1: Yeah, yeah, I know who he is.
0: They kind of look alike.
1: A bit. Cole Meany's got a little more dapperness to him, a little more suaveness, maybe?
0: Well, there's nothing about John C. Riley that's suave. <laughs>
1: have you seen We Need to Talk About Kevin? Uh-uh. Oh, you'll love it. In the movie? Mm-hmm. It's a sleeper with John C. Riley and Tilda Swinton about, um, they have a, a kid who's a bad kid. Until ah. Tilda Swinton's having to deal with it. Interesting. It's a really great movie. It's on Netflix right now. I love John C. Riley, so... That, that. He's kind of a, a prop in the background for this. It's mostly Tilda Swinton and... The, I'm sure they will the appreciate kid. hearing that. He knows. <laughs> okay. There's no way he played that role and doesn't know.
0: All right. I never knew we could talk so much about movies in this one. I didn't see that coming. <laughs> um, so let's talk about the other continents. Um, Africa, Asia, and Europe... Basically, what it boils down to with the rest of these is they were likely named by sailors who had to call them something.
1: Yeah, probably. Um, and the, the, like Africa has a few different contenders that are pretty good. Um, there's a, a the Afrak people who are in the northern part of Africa. They're, they're a Berber tribe. Yeah. Not a bad source.
0: Yeah, makes sense.
1: Um, and then apparently, Aprik... In Greek, or aprica in Latin means sunny, right? Yeah.
0: Okay. That makes sense, too. Uh,
1: and then there's... Uh, so, who, who knows? The point is, there's no documentation for when Africa was first named. And it was most likely Africa, Europe, and Asia were named by seafaring folks sure. who were like, we're going this place, and they needed a name for this place, so they their um, families would know where they were to go look for them if they didn't come back. Yeah. And so they came up with names like Europe and Asia.
0: Yeah, Phoenician sailors, uh, it's believed they may have used uh, their proximity to the sun uh, because Asia uh, might come from uh, ACU, a Q for sunrise, or east, and Europe, which is, of course, west, uh, closer to the sunset if you're standing in the east. Right. Uh, E-R-E-B, Arab, which means sunset or west. That's a Phoenician word.
1: Right. So it's possible Phoenician sailors named Asia in Europe. And There's other ones too, like Europa is a Greek um, uh, mythological figure, right? Yeah. Um, and then uh, Asia could have been named after a ruler named um, Asios, a Trojan ruler. Yeah. I don't think that's it. That's the fun thing about things where it's like no one knows. You can be like,
0: "That's not right." Yeah, you read certain, (laughs) you read theories, and some make sense to you, and some don't. Right. I like that. Uh, That's why I don't. I I think uh, math never appealed to me, and why it does appeal to math fans Uh is because it's rules apply, and like there is a right and a wrong. Sure. I'm much more prone to be like to think about something and have theories about it.
1: Well, you know, they say you read a lot of fiction, right? Yeah. They say that people who read fiction are much more open to um, ambiguous resolutions or non-resolutions yeah. or lacking closure. Yeah. Um, and because you so frequently get that from fiction, it leads to the question, though, which is first, are you attracted to fiction because it right. usually has resolutions like that, or have you been trained to accept resolutions like that from appreciating fiction?
0: Well, back to movies, one of my favorite things which really bothers a lot of people are movies with ambiguous endings. Mm-hmm. If it if done right, I think it's one of the coolest things you can do in a movie yeah. is to not wrap it up in a little bow and kind of leave the end with a decision like sure. what's going on here. Plus it leaves I it bet,
1: open for a sequel.
0: Well, maybe. Um, I bet math majors hate that though now that I think about oh, it. Oh, yeah. You know? Yeah. Uh, and then finally, some people still depending on where you are in the world, don't recognize uh, all the continents.
1: No, and this actually makes sense to me because we said earlier, a continent is a body of land surrounded on all sides by a body of water, right? So that means yeah. that a lot of the continents that we recognize over here in the West as continents ain't continents. Yeah. They're incontinents. So according to some parts of the world, North America and South America, that's just America. Yeah. Uh, and then Europe and Asia, just Eurasia. Yeah. And
0: that's it. Uh, I've got a great pavement t shirt that has North America on it, mm-hmm. and it says Canada and then Mexico, and in the middle it says pavement. Mm-hmm. And I get a lot of compliments on it, and I think it's from people thinking I'm making a statement <laughs> like the United States is just a bunch of pavement, <laughs> and like, you know, Canada and Mexico aren't, yeah. when in fact it's just the band. Yeah. Or maybe they're all just pavement bands, but yeah, I've got it.
1: You can't tell you can never tell these
0: days did i tell you i'm facebook friends with uh bob nastanovich from pavement you didn't i, I tricked him because we had some mutual friends <laughs> you <didn't.
1: laughs> your mom said that you have to be friends with me on facebook
0: no it's pretty great though i like seeing insight into these like people i revere sure he's a big horse racing guy oh yeah yeah he likes the ponies
1: too, yeah i don't like going to the track necessarily but i like the big three yeah um Although I would go to the track. We just don't have them around here. Yeah, we don't. Uh, and bring it on. Send the email about how I'm wrong for going to the track or wanting to. <laughs> if you want to know more about naming continents or geography or any of that jazz, head on over to HowStuffWorks.com and type in geography in the search bar, and it will bring up a mess of great articles. Since I said mess, it's time for listener mail.
0: I'm going to call this Road tripping. We get a lot of emails from people that listen to us while they're road tripping. Yes. Which is very nice. Uh, Hey, guys. My husband and I are adventuring on a road trip from Texas throughout Florida. Uh, I've been addicted to the show for a couple of months now, but my husband has not listened to a podcast in his life. Uh, I started the driving in the trip, and he asked if I could make it all the way to Florida. First of all, husband. (laughs) Tom? Yeah, that's pretty serious stuff all right we're in texas hon can you make it all the way to florida yeah i gotta catch some z's (laughs) i
1: need some sugar uh
0: i said that if i could listen to stuff you should know then i wouldn't stop driving he sighed regrettably and then let me turn an episode on five days into the trip uh every time we get into the car he now says educate me on stuff i should know nice Uh, our biggest debates are deciding on which podcast to listen to next We literally made it to one of our destinations and sat in the car for another 15 minutes after a three-hour drive just to finish an episode. That's wonderful. Uh, Thank you so much for what you do. And that is from Kim and Tom Kepler. And since we are not recording too far out these days, they are most likely still on their trip. Yeah, enjoy the trip. Be safe. Have fun. And drive, you know, every now and then, Tom. Yeah, really, Tom.
1: Let's get it together, shall we? (laughs) (laughs) That's awesome. I hope they just heard this. Yeah. Uh, if you want to get in touch with us because you love us on a road trip or you, um, whatever, you can tweet to us at SYSK Podcast. You can join us on Facebook.com StuffYouShouldKnow. You can send us an email to stuffpodcast@howstuffworks.com, at HowStuffWorks.com. And as always, join us at our home on the web, StuffYouShouldKnow.com.
0: Stuff You Should Know is a production of iHeartRadio's Works. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app. Apple Podcasts are wherever you listen to your favorite shows.